Hi, I'm Kelsey Farias. And I'm Armando Farias. And each week we will be sharing knowledge and inspiration on becoming a better you. Feeling down, defeated, or looking at how to better yourself? We got you. Already successful? Great. Let's help you achieve even more. Sit back and get prepared to hear about overcoming challenges related to self-development, such as mental health, relationships, goal setting, personal growth, fitness, and dream building. Welcome Welcome to to Self-Love Sit-Downs. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Self-Love Sit-Downs. Armando and Kelsey here. That's not a recording. It's, that was different. I actually did that different. I thought about it before actually talking. I was like, I'm going to say see. it different. I can so, see. You're welcome about you're You're welcome with that. Your radio voice. <laughs> Anyways, back on topic. Jeez. I'm also going to call him out. So this morning he told me. So we obviously weigh ourselves every morning because we track that for our progress. Well, this morning we were talking about weighing ourselves and everything because we log it into our app. He was like, in order for me to remember the number, I have to say it in a radio voice. Like, it's a radio station number. Like, 203.2, coming in hot. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I remember because when I weigh myself, if I walk away or go brush my teeth and then I forget to log it or I go eat, next thing I know, I was like, what did I come in at? Yeah. Well, guess oh, what? Oh, I forget if I don't log it right away. Coming at you hot, 203.2. Yeah. yeah. So it works. The radio voice isn't just for you guys. It's for myself too. It works. Anyways, back on topic. Geez. Today we're bringing you an episode that is going to hopefully enlighten you and open your eyes during these times of maybe you've been at home a lot more, you've been thinking a lot more to yourself and just kind of reminiscing on life and how everything's going. We're going to be talking about how to maybe recognize that you're in a toxic I don't, I don't want to use the word toxic i feel like toxic is so aggressive what would you say like a unhealthy an unhealthy yes i like that better an unhealthy relationship whether this be a rule like a spouse or a friendship or or somebody at work whatever the whatever kind of relationship you have with another person we're going to give you some ideas on how or what a relationship unhealthy relationship looks like and not so much the name calling related if you're somebody's calling you a bad name or somebody's like or they're really beating you beating you. you know you're in a bad relationship yeah i mean at that point it's like you need to get out of that right now these are more of the subtle signs that sometimes maybe we we see but we don't we don't act on them you or almost, we just push them to the side exactly you it's almost normal you yeah, know you've made it normal yeah because it's just part of the relationship on how it goes so we're going to point some of these out for you and hopefully if the, if you are in an unhealthy relationship this will be a little reminder, kind of a, like a, a light clicking, be like, wow, this is this is something that I've been doing for a long time. And and if it doesn't bring any value to you, maybe it's time to move on and and leave this relationship. And we'll give some some tips on if you are in an unhealthy relationship, what are some steps you can take to help and possibly repair that relationship, as well as maybe it's time to actually leave that relationship. And so we'll go through some of those as well after we go through kind of some of the, I would say, discreet, more discreet. Yeah, I would say discreet. Okay, 
So we're gonna we're gonna just talk, give a little backstory on maybe why we think the way that we do or why we are the way that we are. Because if you are, if you are, before even listening to this, like you already you already raised your hand. You're like, I already know that I'm in a bad relationship with a friend or or the coworker with a significant other, and or even a family member. Even a family member. Yeah, those, that's, are, tough. those are tough. I've so, had that before. That's which tough. leads me into why. I mean, the kind of the backstory to it is. The whole reason that maybe we don't have those conversations, those are very difficult. They're those hard are and really difficult conversations. Yeah, you're going to have to have that difficult conversation with somebody maybe that you care or you or you love and or you work with. And those are really tough because you don't know how they're going to react to it. But if it's a conversation that needs to happen, you need to have it. I mean, think about it. When we're children, what happens when we're children? If you have kids, you probably do this because I know we do it. Uh, one of our kids gets pushed over at school or something happens at the park. We tell them, go apologize and you move on and you play. Well, that's, that's how we, that's what we've done all our lives is we push somebody over or we say something mean, we say, sorry, we move on and everything's hunky dory. But in reality, actually fixing the issue, exactly. We're not, or doing, even discussing it. Exactly. Which we're, is, is exactly what we're doing is we've been pushing it off. We've been trained to just say sorry and move on. But, to ignore and move on and but forgive. But as, as adults, that doesn't work that way. You yeah. can't, I can't call my wife names and be like, sorry, and then just move on and call it good. No, you need to actually talk about how that made you feel and what you need to do to fix that so it doesn't happen again. We need to express our emotions when it comes to hurting somebody else's feelings or or just being negative in their lives. And that's, I think, un- the first step that we need to recognize is we can't just say sorry and think everything's just hunky-dory and fine. Yeah. Now, humans crave interaction. They crave intimacy. We all have this deep burning desire for connection. And if you think of the apologize, say sorry, and move on, there's no connection to that. You, there's so much left unsaid. There's so much questioning. There's no actual fixing of the root cause. Maybe you're doing something that's hurting them and that's why they pushed you. You know, there's just so much more to it that is completely ignored. And we have to recognize that we can't just top layer fix our issues anymore. It doesn't work as adults. You have to actually dig in deep get to the root of problems. And a lot of times that causes a lot of discomfort. And that's why people avoid it. A lot of times we'll put up with toxic relationships or I'm sorry, unhealthy. We'll throw a bandaid on it. Yes. Thank you for unhealthy. Yes. We'll put up with unhealthy relationships because we feel as though that's easier than having the difficult conversation. And so to avoid that, we'll just say, oh, I'll just, it's okay. I only see them at Christmas. Or yeah, I'll yeah. avoid that coworker. Yeah, that is so or, true. You know, and so it just becomes easier to do that than to actually fix the problem. Okay, let's jump in. So the first one that we have here is maybe you're avoiding somebody. We've all done it where you see your phone ringing and you see that person's name come up on your phone and instantly... I'm not freaking answering. Your stomach drops or you just like, ugh. Ugh, I'm not answering because I know that's not good or I don't feel like talking to them. It just brings you a lot of uneasy feelings. And that that's a sign of an unhealthy relationship, whether it be a friend, a family member. And there could be a lot of reasons. And there could be a situation where 
maybe you just feel that way in that particular moment for them. That's yeah, not this is like a reoccurring. Yeah, I would say, you yeah. know, it's not an unhealthy relationship. If maybe last time you saw each other, you had a little bit of tiff and now you're not feeling like answering. That's very yeah. normal. This is like a reoccurring feeling of wanting to avoid this person. You see maybe, him in the store and you bob and weave. I do that to people I like, though. <laughs> I'm that per I'm definitely that person. I'm going to call myself out. I sometimes I'm just not in the mood. Sometimes I just like I'm on a mission, you know? Yeah. So it's not always that. <laughs> but if you're avoiding them all the time, it's time to move on. You know, whether it be, you know, I feel like this is more of a, because I feel like your spouse, you can't really avoid them. No. So this is more of like a friendship or a family member or an acquaintance that you're constantly avoiding them. It's definitely time to move on. That relationship isn't, it's not bringing you value anymore. You don't see you know, you're not getting anything in return for this relationship except anxiety when you see their name come up. I think that's a good indicator that it's definitely time to move on. Do you have anything to add? Yeah, I mean, and just thinking of that, maybe you're in the situation, ask yourself, why do I feel this way? Why, why do I, why does this person's name or why does this person make me feel this way? And really kind of try to figure out what it is. I mean, if it's something simple, then squash it with them and then move on. But if it's something that there's like reoccurring, reoccurring issues, which issues, we'll get into some as we go that I think will kind of piggyback on this one. So that's why I kind of didn't want to dive in super okay. deep just because I feel there's a lot of ways you could yeah, go with this sure. one, but it definitely, if it's a reoccurring and it's not just situational because of something that just happened, it's definitely time. Yeah. It's time. Okay. Yeah. Um, just moving on. So say this particular person that you, that, that another sign of this is if you, once you hang out with them, say you get together at a park or you see them out or you go out for drinks or whatever, whatever you do, once you get home, you're, you're exhausted, you're drained. You feel like you like tried everything possible, but you came home and you're feeling negative just being around them just because maybe all they do is gossip. Or maybe all they do is, is complain about other people or they talk about other people. And that's not the way that you carry yourself. You don't like to carry, you don't like to talk about other people behind their backs. And maybe they do. Maybe they enjoy that. And that's what they strive on. Kind of, I mean, that's exhausting to, yeah. to feel that way and, and to be around somebody that does that because you don't do that. And it's, it can be very tiring. And if, if you're feeling drained and exhausted and that's the way you feel after hanging out with them, that's another sign that maybe it's time to cut that off. Yeah, that's definitely difficult when you when you have a friendship. I would say this is more of like a I'm, we're giving an, a, a friendship yeah. example yeah. right now. I think it's really difficult too because you maybe keep showing up because at one point it wasn't that way. Yeah. And maybe now you've outgrown that friendship. Maybe at one point that's where that's the level you were at. Maybe you've been working really hard on yourself and now they just bring a lot of negativity. Maybe you just feel really down after hanging out with them. Or, I mean, we've all been around that person that's just a negative Nancy complaining about everything. Yeah, Doesn't, it's really tough. You know, I've, I've had a friendship before. This was a long, long time ago that I got to the point where I didn't want to go out in public with her because I felt like she was really disrespectful to others. You know, for example, like wait staff. 
things things to that yeah, nature. That's embarrassing. It it was, and that's how I felt like leaving. I was like, why do I do this to myself? You know, and but then I would almost forget about it, have enough time to forget about it, and then we'd hang out again and I would be like, yeah, this is just this is not what I'm about. This is not but I but I just kept doing it, you know? And I I think so at the time it was more because I didn't have a lot of friends where I was living. And I was kind of in this transitional period of friend groups and she was kind of there to support me at one point. But then as time went on, it became way more toxic for me. I'm sorry, I'm going to use Just toxic. Use it. It's it. coming out natural. And so I stayed there because that's at one point she had helped me. Right, right, yeah. And so I almost, I feel like I almost felt indebted. Mm-hmm. I can see that. But then as time went on, I just came to realize like, I should not hang out with this person because it's just not serving me well. And just even her relationship. And I mean, now they're not together and I know why, but it, it you know, it, there was just a lot of different red flags that in the beginning I wasn't seeing until. And that you were ignoring, that you thought yeah, were normal. yeah. And as time went on, I was like, this relationship is not serving me anymore. And I actually think back to it now and I'm, I'm like, wow, I actually thought of this friendship the other day. And I was like, wow, I'm really glad I moved on from that, but I definitely learned something from it. And I think that's the most important thing. Yeah. You got to learn from it. I definitely learned, you know, you aren't who you, you know, they always say, especially teenagers, you tell your kids you are who you hang out with. So true. I completely agree with that. And I think I compromised who I was when I was with her. Yeah. Because you're adjusting to their lifestyle, to the way they carry themselves. Yeah. And I was like, this is, and I ended up, I was being somebody. And even sometimes in the moment, I knew like, this isn't me, but I was just doing it. To fit in? The group. yeah, Yeah. Yeah. The friend group was doing it. And I was like, this isn't really me. And so... The other day, I just thought of her and I was like, wow, I definitely learned that, you know, don't compromise your integrity or your values for the people around you. Like you don't have to associate with them. And I think in the moments you don't realize that you're compromising that. And And I was young. And that's why as you grow, you learn from that and you look back and you're able to analyze that relationship and be like, wow, this is what I was doing. And I think that's, that's super important. And it's something that everybody should do after a relationship. I know for me, I've had past relationships. I mean, even I, I, I've mentioned this to you before that the last 10 years, I feel like I've grown so much from yeah. where I was into where I'm at now, just the way that I think and the way that I carry myself and just overall. And some of the people that I hung out with 10 years ago, I don't even talk to them anymore because I just don't like to associate me. I don't like to associate with them. Unfortunately, we used to, I used to drink a lot of beer like a lot of beer. Like we used to buy tons of beer and just get, just drink. And that's what we did. And that, and, and it was fun and we enjoyed ourselves and kind of like you was like, that wasn't really me, but I did it to fit in. Yeah. And now when I see them and you know, I, I, I saw them probably maybe five years ago and we had a beer and it, it was this kind of the same thing. Like they're the same. It was the and same. now you're looking at it like, Oh, this is not me. This yeah, is out of my I'm norm. Not, exactly. And I, it's like, uh, this is why yeah. I didn't hang out with you guys for so long. And and I've accepted that and I've learned from it. I know what I want in life and I know what I'm going for. And that my past learned, I, I learned from it and it helped me be who I am today. So I, I know, and that's yeah. the most important thing is you learn from those. And I think that's, you know, 
I think specifically for us, like we really have, like you already said, we've really grown a lot. I mean, I know just in our relationship the last five years, but I would say the last 10 years I've grown a ton as well. Cause that's about how old Logan is. And I'm a completely different person than who I was before I was a mother. But I think that, you know, as you, as you age, you grow, as you grow, you know, I think people grow at different rates and sometimes people think I really enjoy this, you know, maybe to them, that's their letting loose. That's their socializing is, you know, drinking a lot of beer, hanging out with the guys, all of that. It doesn't necessarily make them a bad person. And I think that's important to notate too. I don't, you know, that friend that I was speaking of, I don't think she's a bad person. I feel like she has good intentions, but I don't think she makes good decisions Yeah, is the thing. And now, honest, we haven't hung out in a very long time. You don't even know her. So, I mean, that, and we've been together, what, seven years now? So, I mean, that, that tells how long it's, and it's been longer than that. And so I, I, she doesn't know who I am now. And I maybe don't even know who she is. you guys run into each other and have really nothing to talk about. Yeah, it'd be, but, di- it'd be difficult to find conversation in which you would revert to is talking about your past and where you, what, who but you But maybe used to she's be. grown too. That's true. That because true. I've grown a lot. And yeah. so it would, it would honestly be like meeting somebody new, I think, at that point. Yeah. If you guys have grown at the same levels and at the same speeds, and if you guys sat together, you'd be like, wow. Yeah. You'd be able to talk about the past like we are talking about it now and be like, yeah. we've grown so much from then. Exactly. And look at us now. So I think it's just really important that this person might be draining to you and everything. It just means that it, this relationship is no longer serving you. It doesn't mean it never served you because that's how I definitely felt was I felt obligated to stay in this friendship because she had provided value to me at a time that I really needed somebody. She was there. Mm -hmm. But then as time went on, it just wasn't for me anymore. And I think that's, that's okay. And you, you have to be able to recognize that. And I think this one, especially with friends, is hard to say this friendship is no longer serving me. I need to move on. Yeah. I think it's really difficult, especially when you're and involved. And it's not selfish. I want to say that that's not selfish if you're deciding to move on. Because the way that maybe somebody listening to this is hearing is like, well, that's really selfish. Oh, like that it you doesn't... think you're better than No, them. it's not at all. No, no it's just it's the just fact it's... that it's not serving you any longer if it's bringing you more grief than happiness. Yeah. That's, you know, just like a, a, a intimate relationship. You wouldn't tell a friend to stay if they were miserable. Exactly. You know, yeah. and so it's the same in a friendship, a family member. Unfortunately, people don't view family relationships this way, but it should be the same with family relationships. If someone in your family is just making you feel completely drained and we'll get into some more that I feel like we'll touch on this one again, then it's also time to maybe, maybe not move on from it. I think maybe it's with family. It's hard to move on as far as with family. I yeah. Think. I feel like you have to be, mo- but you can distance yourself. Yes. That's exactly where I was going with it. Distance yourself. Maybe take a little bit of a break. I did that. My mom and I did. My mom and I took a break because we were, we were having a lot of hard times. We were not seeing eye to eye. There was a lot of stuff going on in our family and it was specifically based around my little sister. And I just needed to take a break because we had been through a lot together. My mom and I had 
a great relationship, but also a very toxic relationship because we were so much alike. Exactly. I was gonna say, I was we like, would butt heads so much because we were so much alike, very stubborn, hard headed, and just wanted things our way and wanted to be in control. And that was very difficult. And so we had to take that break. And thankfully that break is exactly what we needed. And thankfully we were able to mend our relationship completely before her passing, because I can't even imagine that would be really hard, but, but it's definitely different with family. So this is, but I feel like the examples we're giving more around friendships, but these do apply in other areas as well. I think the only one, maybe it doesn't is with your spouse because you can't really avoid, or you, you, well, I guess you can, you can feel, feel drained. drained and stuff. And things. You like, can feel drained. Sure. I'm I mean, lying. I was thinking I mean, of the avoiding Think about them. right now. I mean, we're in like month three or four of quarantine and I've already heard of a lot of relationships falling apart. Yeah. You know, and it's, yeah. it's makes you think like, uh, maybe this isn't, this is, this was, this was a true test. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Next one. You have different expectations and I'll give you an example of what I mean here. Say Armando and I, you know, obviously we're in an intimate relationship. He's my partner. Okay. We are. We're partners. We are. Okay. Yep. You, you married me. It's my teammate. You picked me like a booger. Okay. So say that for me, I go to him and I say, Hey, I really don't feel like we're getting enough quality time together. I would really like for us to spend time together. And his response is, we do. I mean, we, we watch a show together on Friday night. We sleep next to each other all the time. And, you know, in my level of quality time, and I use this example because this is my love language, quality time. Yep. And I know it. And so maybe I go to him and I'm like, hey, this, you know, I want more quality time. And he's like, we already spend quality time. I'm not giving up my boys night or I'm not giving up my alone time or I'm not, you know, my gaming. Yeah. And for me, I'm like, well then, so I'm just supposed to settle because obviously quality time is my love language. That's how I receive love. So I'm coming to him saying, I need more of this. And maybe he's not open to it because his expectation of quality time is different than mine. Watching TV together, having dinner together, sleeping next to each other. Yeah. And for me, I'm like, no, Quality time for me would be like us going on a walk, us, you know, spending time actually talking to each other, not watching a show, not sleeping next to each other, not making dinner, not eating dinner with the whole family. Quality time is just you and I spending time together, not doing, you know, these other household activities or whatever. That is the example of you have different expectations. And I think another kind of flip side of it is maybe they're not open-minded as well, because that's where, you know, I know if I went to him, which this is not the case, because he already knows my love language is quality time and we make quality time. So, but maybe I went to him and if he would say, oh, okay, well, what's your expectation of quality time? And then I was able to tell him it would be like, okay, yeah, we can definitely do that. So I feel like there's a flip side to this, but having different expectations, you know, I'll give a friend example as well. Maybe your friendships up to this point have been very low maintenance. Maybe you're somebody who you're very introverted. You don't like to go out and socially hang out a ton. And you have this new friendship 
and they want to spend every other night doing game nights and going out for drinks and this and that. And you're like, oh, no, like that's not where my priorities lie, you know. And so there's different expectations there that maybe are causing some friction. And if you're not going to be willing to, you know, compromise your introverted alone time or they're not going to be willing to say, hey, yeah, it's okay that you only come once a week. You know, maybe they're going to tell you, no, I'm going to quit inviting you if you always say no type, you know. So there's a lot of different ways that this can go. But if you have different expectations in a relationship, that can cause a lot of friction on either side. For sure. Do you agree? Yeah, no, I completely agree with you for sure. I think you hit the nail on the head as far as explaining that and how the expectations work in a relationship and what to look out for. So if you don't have anything else to add, we will move on. Yeah. Um, The following one. So the next one is going to be this person that you hang out with is very critical of you. So they're always maybe poking at you as far as your what you what you're wearing or how your hair is done or how your makeup's done or what you're driving or, you know, they're just we've we've been around those people that the first thing that comes out of their mouth is not something positive. And I think it's it's good to say that they criticize not with the intent to help, yes. but to belittle. Exactly, yes. Because there's a difference. Yes, we I all agree. need constructive criticism. We all need somebody who's there to say like... Pump you up and like call you out when yeah. you're wrong Yeah. because you truly are wrong. Maybe you're not seeing it. I, yeah, I completely agree. So there's a definitely... A, a there's very... a difference there. And so you be, be mindful when you're thinking of like, oh, this person's always criticizing me. Maybe they have higher expectations for you and maybe you're just being sensitive to the topic whether it be like a parent I'll give that example I was just gonna say that as parents we always know hey you can do better you know I know with Isaiah we've told him that like with things around his grades or you know sports when we feel like he's not giving it his all Mm -hmm. we would you know give him a pump up and be like hey you can do better than this you have more than you're giving and Typically, it's not until after the fact he's willing to admit it. But just be really mindful when you're thinking of that because I think there's a fine line there. Are they being critical? Are they trying to help me? Yeah. Are they or trying hurt to, me? Or, yeah, exactly. Are they trying to hurt me? And so really be careful when you're making this one to know the difference between the two. Yeah, and I think for, at least for me, as you, as you talked about that as the parenting one, what I thought of is I have found myself sometimes being critical of our kids and just... And not giving an explanation on that you're better than this. Sometimes the first thing that comes out, maybe I'm a little bit frustrated because my day's gone bad or something. And the first thing that comes out of my mouth is like, hey, this doesn't look right. What did you do here? You know, and like just calling them out for something that maybe they worked really hard on, but I'm not seeing the work that they put into it. I'm just seeing the end result. Yeah. And I think that as a parent, you need to be very aware of that because that can tear down a child and and put them in a, in a, in a place where they never want to move from there again. And maybe that's just going to stall their growth, not physically, but like emotionally and just yeah. achieving more in their life. I mean, if you're talking down to your children all the time, that's what they're going to do to their children. And they're going to do that to people around them. They're going to be that. I mean, what was the saying that my sister said about the assholes? Oh, yeah. So if you run into one asshole, it's a bad day. If you run into two assholes, it's a really bad day. If you run into three assholes, you're the asshole. Yes. When I heard that, I was like, 
That's a completely accurate. Yeah, I think that was it. Don't quote me, but it, it was I, I very think, close. No, I think it. that's it. I think you hit it. I think you you got it right, and I. That's the truth. I mean, if you're if you're day, you're going around like, gosh, everybody's being an asshole to me. Be like, well, actually, actually it's you. That's bud. you. It's you. <laughs> Look so, in the mirror. Exactly. And I think some of these things, like as you're talking about this parenting one, I'm kind of reflecting on the ones we've already gone through some of these maybe are things that you need to look in the mirror about and maybe you're doing these in a relationship and it's something that you can recognize and make a change you know whether it be the parenting example that we just gave or the friendship maybe you're not being as positive you're just coming and gossiping and being very negative or maybe you're constantly if you're ever worrying why you don't why this person doesn't want to hang out with you any longer that's a sign for you like maybe i'm the one doing this yeah maybe it's me okay anything else on that one no i think that's good okay so another one i have here is no support for each other all take and no give that's tough when you think of a relationship i'll say intimate relationship it is not, you know, the the whole thing is, oh, relationships are 50-50. I don't think relationships are 50-50. To me, relationships are 100-100. Everybody has to be giving their all. There, I will say, there might be times where it's an 80-20. There might be times where it is 50-50. But majority of the time, a relationship should be 100-100. There's different seasons. Yeah, I think there's different seasons. But majority of the time, you have to both be giving. If you feel so exhausted all the time because you feel like you're doing everything possible in the relationship and you're not getting anything in return, that's not going to work. It's just not going to work, you're unfortunately. Gonna get to, you're going to burn out eventually. Exactly. And you can only carry that for so long. And if your emotional needs aren't being met, if your intimate needs aren't being met, all of these things, you're going to seek it elsewhere. Or, you know, there. I mean, there. we could go so many ways yeah, with this one. Yeah, I agree. And it can be in friendships as well. Maybe you feel like you're constantly reaching out to them, checking on them all the time. They don't text you back sometimes, but... Sure as hell, they're going to message you if they need help with something. And that's just really difficult to constantly feel that way in a relationship. Because I think for most most of the time, a lot of people, I'm going to speak about you especially, is that you're very much a giver. You want to help everybody. You want to do as much as you can for everybody else. And you don't seek anything in return. But at the same time, when you do want something in return, just because you're you are in need of something, you don't get it. Yeah. And I think that's really difficult. That's where that anger or that turmoil comes in a relationship where it just, that's another little notch in that relationship that's going to make it go downhill. Yeah. That's definitely been difficult for me because I do give without, I give without expectation of anything which, which, back. Which it should be that way. Exactly. And, and I have to remember, I have to tell myself, and I had to tell myself this yesterday, you cannot have the expectations for others that you have for yourself. Because I, I do a little bit do that to myself to where I expect what I give to other people at times, I have that expectation for them when I feel like I need it and I don't feel like that's met most of the time. Mm-hmm. And so I have to remind myself, you give without expectation because I, I do truly give, you know, in whether it be, you know, a monetary gift, whether it be you know, caring, compassion, a lend, you know, just a good friending ear 
to listen to their problems, all of that. Yeah. But I do definitely feel like it's not always returned and that's hard for me, but I have to remind myself that you can't have the expectation for them that you would have for yourself because I, I hold myself to a higher standard and I can't put that on others as well. And so we have to remember that, but you also have to remember that you have needs and if those needs are not met, I mean, I'm going to speak specifically to a intimate relationship here, maybe for example, and I'm not condoning cheating that do not get it twisted here. Typically you'll hear, okay, a man cheated and he says, well, she, you know, doesn't give me intimacy enough. Right. Okay. Well then you need to unpack that and see, did you ask for it? I mean, one, that's not right. You need to be intimate, but you need to unpack that. And we're going to kind of get into that more here, but did you communicate that with your partner? Did you, you know, there's so I feel many like a lot of times maybe that's, that. that's maybe, yeah. And I mean, we can go down a rabbit hole this, but I mean, just to add, just to say one point to that, I think the biggest, the biggest point to that is communication. Yeah. Oh, if and you're that's not, on my list. If you're not feeling, if you're not feeling your needs are being met, you need to communicate that before you go elsewhere. That's, exactly. I, I, I detest cheaters. I hate him. And I just... You don't hate them. Hate's a strong word. Hate is a strong word. Yes, you're right. Greatly, greatly, greatly strongly, immensely dislike. Yes. Yes. So, (laughs) but yeah, communication is going to be key. Yeah. If you got, if you got something that's on your chest, something that's your needs aren't being met, talk about it. You need to talk about it. You need to have that. Even if it's a different conversation, you need to talk about it. And it just, you know, and I know you guys have probably heard, well, I hope you've heard our episode on supporting your spouse. But that's, it's so important to have that sense of support from, from really anybody, whether it be your parents. I mean, we've all done things that our parents didn't support. And it, it, even if we do it anyways, you feel a little bit of turmoil because they don't support you in it. It's hard not to have support in a relationship. It's really, really tough. And if you feel like you're the giver, always giving and getting nothing in return and having no response support in return. I can't even imagine, honestly. It'd be difficult. I can't imagine. I'm so grateful for the support that we have for each other. I'm just like very appreciative of it because it makes hard things easier. Exactly. And that's, I think that's really crucial. Because I feel like a lot of people are like, my relationship's really hard. My relationship's really hard. Well, one, you're speaking that into existence. Yeah. If you say that your relationship's hard, it's going to be hard. And two, I mean, if you're constantly, that's what you're, that's what you're seeing is negative all the time. Yeah. It's going to be hard all the time. It's what are you, you doing to fix it? Exactly. You need to sometimes swallow your pride and, and take ownership for what's going on. Yeah. Okay. Next. Go ahead. Um, if you feel like you're, before you send a message to this person, it's maybe it's, uh, a, a, something that you think will be bad or something that you think that they'll react negatively to it. If you have a hard time hitting that send button, that could be a sign that maybe this is a this is an unhealthy relationship when you're having a hard time like dang i don't know how they're going to react to this i don't know if i want to send this and then you're kind of like sending and and that's and, tough and then you're waiting for that reply back to like oh what's going to happen what's going to happen cuz that kind of also ties into the are they the person that's always criticizing you yeah. and belittling you yep. for any new ideas or you know cuz i'll give the friend example when 
I went to Ariana, this, that's my best friend for those of you that don't know, with my idea of my business. She was like, uh, yeah, I've been telling you this. You should definitely do this. Just so supportive. And so I don't know any other, other way of that, you know, and then again, it's kind of touching back on the supporting each other and give and give, not just give, give and all take and no give. Sorry. I was getting tongue tied there. Um, and so, you know, how does this person react to your ideas, your your good news. life events, different things like that? And if you feel like it's negative, you're going to find that you don't want to go to them with stuff. And that's not how a family member, I mean, think of a family member, maybe a parent, you want to go to them with exciting news. If you used to go to this person that when you did have something great news, a new job or a new outfit or, or new shoes or a new house, and you always went to this person all the time to share this great news because you love the reaction, you love the relationship that you had, but now you don't go to that person anymore to share that, something's going on there. Something's faded. So another kind of, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this one and I'll, I'll explain. So just constant unhappiness. You're just unhappy Maybe you've been unhappy for so long that you almost don't see it anymore. You're just, it's just normal. And if you can say, you have to take a hard look in the mirror and say, am I unhappy because of this relationship? You know, this one I feel like speaks more directly to family members or an intimate relationship. You have to really unpack this and say, okay, am I a happy person? Yes. Am I a happy person with this person? No. Okay. It's time to reevaluate and dig deeper. It's time to really unpack that and see what what is not working in this. And I feel like specifically in intimate relationships, if you've been unhappy for so long, maybe you don't even remember what it's like to feel those butterflies and all that good goodness that you get in, you know, early relationships, then if you really are that unhappy, you have to do something about it. Don't just sit in it. I feel like people just settle and because like we talked about, it's easier just to stay. It's, it's easier to stay and not and to not have, that, have hard, that discussion, that hard conversation, yeah. you know, and a lot of times I think people just get comfortable being being in, in that misery. place. Yeah. In that misery. And it's like, that should not be how your life is. And it's sad because that's normal to them exactly. and they'll go on. And it's, I, I believe, and this is my opinion that when you hear about those people that have gotten a divorce after 30 or 40 years of being married, they sat in misery for that long. And then it took them that long to realize like, wow, I don't deserve this. Or you hear about you know, specifically parents, their kids. Yeah. Once they're empty nesters, their kids are gone. That was their reason holding them together. So, you know, they weren't happy during that time. And that's unfortunate because I think if you recognize these things early on, some, some of these can be fixed, not all. And it's all very situational to the people in the relationship. I fully think that it's not just 
oh, we want to fix it so it'll work. No, that's not always the case. Not every issue is fixable and not every issue with two certain people are fixable. You have to be very open-minded. You both have to be willing to put in the work, all of that. And we'll get into those here, but um, unhappiness, if you're very unhappy in a relationship and you truly believe it's not just you as a person, maybe it's time to reevaluate that. What do we need to do to make a change here? And it doesn't have to be necessarily leaving, but possibly fixing. Yeah. All right. And then the last one is if this person, you feel like you have to invite them versus you want to invite them to a birthday, to your wedding, to an open house, to um, any kind of event that you have going on, you feel like you're like, dang it. I I know if I don't invite this person, they're going to get upset. That's hard. That's really tough. That's that's a really that's a it's an, it's an unfortunate sign, but I feel like maybe some of us have been caught in that situation before, and you have to recognize that and be like, gosh, because again, if this person is that way, they're gonna come to this event. They're gonna be critical of you. They're gonna be negative they're around do all you. the things they're, they're always gonna, doing. The reason you don't want to invite them, and it's gonna be like, oh, and, and you're you gonna know be it's exhausted. coming. Exactly, you know it's coming, and, and you're not even you're not gonna be able to enjoy your time because you're gonna be so concerned about what they're gonna say, what they're gonna think, or what they're gonna tell you. That's that's that sucks. Then you don't want to, especially if it's a if it's a huge celebration, you don't want to have that yeah, on your shoulders. You want to enjoy that celebration while you're there because that's there. And you, I, you said last one, but I actually came up with one more. Oh, did you? Look yes. at you, you yes, overachiever. I'm actually, two more, but you already discussed the lack of communication. Yeah. Lack of communication in a relationship, it's just not going to work. I'm sorry, but there's no way around it. That is the base of, a com- of any relationship, whether it be with a family member, whether it be with your spouse specifically, that one, friendship. I mean, the baseline is communication. If you cannot communicate with somebody, how are you going to fix anything that comes up? Or how are you going to grow that relationship? And especially when you do communicate, being honest. Exactly. Don't communicate. Which is hard Don't for communicate a lot of people. Because you're like, because you listen to this, and like I have to communicate because the Kelsey and Armando said that this is going to work. But you got to be honest with yourself and be honest with them. Another another one here is lack of trust because I I wanted to bring this one in because I think this is very common in intimate relationships. Lack of trust. It's a tough one because I've I've definitely had prior relationships that. There was no trust. There was negative trust, actually. And it's clear it did not work out. And it for a reason, because once trust is broken in a relationship, that's very hard to repair. Gosh, even with your kids. Oh my gosh, with your kids. Yeah. Yeah. Very difficult. Very, very difficult. But a relationship without trust is like a car without gas. You can sit it sit in it all you want, but it's not gonna go anywhere. Yeah. You it's, can only hope and dream and maybe you're gonna be like, maybe now it's going to move. Maybe now it's going to move. No, no, there's it's no not gas going in it. to. And trust is a really tough one once it's, once it's broken and we're going to go into next, how can you fix an unhealthy relationship? And I'll give the example with, with trust. If you do decide to fix that toxic relationship, you have to actually forgive If you say you're going to forgive, say you had a spouse that was unfaithful to you. If you decide to work on that relationship, you have to forgive. 
Yeah. You don't get you don't get a choice. If you're deciding to stay, you have to forgive or it's not going to work. And yeah, and it, you're going to be in the same vicious cycle. Yeah, because you're going to put yourself in a situation because if another tissy fit comes up or something, you're going to automatically revert back to that original uh, dishonesty that yeah. um, where you lost the trust originally. You're going to think about that and you're just going to be infuriated. Yeah. So definitely forgiving and really trying to move on from that. I know it may be difficult to forget, forgive and forget. That's really hard. It's really hard. It's going to, it's a scar. It's always going to be there. Yeah. But as, as we know, scars tend to go away over time. It's just going to take time. That scar will be less visible, but it will always be it's there. It's always going to be there. And I'll give you the example. Armando and I have talked about this and I told him, if you are ever unfaithful, just let me know before. Hey, bye, bitch because I'm going to go do this because that's, we're going to be done. I, I cannot forgive if, if someone's unfaithful to me, bitch, bye. Okay. (laughs) Bye Felicia. I just, I know me as a person, I can't forgive that. I would not be able to. It'd be really tough. Because I I think there's a, there's a big sense of swallowing your pride and and just having that. It would always be in the back of my mind. Yeah. And, 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 a lot, and a lot of relationships work that way. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that it's for everybody, but a lot of them work. And I mean, you hear about a lot of relationships even blossoming into something greater after a situation like that, which I don't understand how, but there's those relationships that do. And they're like, this is the best thing that could have happened. Look at us yeah, now. Great for you. I mean, that's great. <laughs> but, and you're making it work. Kudos to you. Yeah. I mean, move oh, on. Yeah. I'm sure some people can definitely, but I just know me as a person I wouldn't be able to. And so I already know I'm not going to fool myself by trying to say, yeah, we could definitely try to work it out because I just know me. I have a hard time letting things go. I know that's part of, it's one of my flaws, something I wish I could move on from. Something you could forget. Yeah. But I just, I know me as a person and something so big like that, because I hang on to little things. Okay. The shit that don't matter. Kelsey's hanging on to it like a freaking fat kid with a fork and a cake in front of her. Okay. I'm hanging on, but something big like that, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to. Gosh, and, and, and I may open up a can of worms right now and we don't have to go super in depth into it, but if something like that, uh, some, something, I, I'm going to say it's traumatic, a traumatic event yeah. like that happens in your relationship and you decide to fix it be, for your kids, that's a whole different episode yeah. that we need to have. No, no, so, <laughs> Don't do it. I mean, I'm just going to throw that out there. I'm not going to open up this kind of worms, but don't do it for your kids because your kids are going to be happier probably with you guys separated. Yeah. Now, this is my opinion. Again, I'm not a professional, so don't take it for, just take it as a grain of salt. Yeah, that's my opinion also. I mean, obviously, neither you or I are still with the people that we had children with. And it's because I know I had to take a look in the mirror and say, I am not the best person that I could be. And so... I would be a better mother to my son if I left. Yeah. Hardest hardest decision ever. But I mean, if you look at us now, if you look at our kids now, healthy, successful, driven boys. Yes. And honestly, I mean, the relationship you have with uh, his dad is great. Yeah. Yeah, we have a great relationship now. It was not that way. Yeah, it's taken a long time. It's taken a very long time. Logan's 10. Yeah. And so it's taken 10 years. And it's they're not always like that. 
No, no. Oh, he can take me from zero to 10,000 real quick. He knows it. I'm sure I do the same to him. But overall, our relationship is so much better. It is just... And it's super healthy. And it's healthy for Logan to see that. Just because, I mean, just the other day when he was brought it up, he's like, it was so cool to see you guys like sit and talk and have a conversation. And he thought it was the coolest thing ever. Yeah. And it's unfortunately a lot of children out there don't get to see that from their parents. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, and this is like a whole nother episode we could honestly do. I know. I was like, I'm not going to open this camera. I was like, I feel like I I have to mention it though. Um, At the end of the day, you have to put your kids first. You have to put your feelings aside because my feelings were hurt in that relationship. I didn't get, you know, what I felt like I maybe didn't get the sorries I felt like I deserved. You know, there's so much, but you have to make a decision. Okay, is my pride or my ego or my, you know, whatever I'm searching for, is that more important than my child and the relationship that he sees? And, you know, I have always told him we need, our job is to support him. That is our job as his parents. And thankfully, we've both been able to do that. And that's been really, really beneficial for Logan. And I'm just so grateful for it, honestly. So, 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 so grateful. Yeah. All right, everybody. That's going to conclude this week's part one of leaving an unhealthy relationship. Next week, we're going to talk about how to fix the relationship that's unhealthy. And then if it if there is no fixing how to leave that relationship, and how to end it in a way that's going to be positive still. Thanks for listening to this episode of Self-Love Sit-Downs. If you liked this episode, please leave us a review. In the world of podcasting, the only way to climb the ranks is by receiving feedback via comments and ratings, in return, reaching as many people as possible. As always, if you love this episode or know someone who would find value in this, share it with a friend and tag us. You can find us on Instagram at Kelsey underscore Teddy and Mondoferius05. For any additional feedback, you can email us at selflovesitdowns at gmail.com.